How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of Suncast, the 99th episode. 99 episodes. That does mean the next episode will be uh, the 100th episode. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that episode uh, here in a minute. But uh, first, tell you about well this episode, of course. Uh, business as usual for um, uh, kind of a preview episode. No, this is coming out on Sunday or excuse me, Saturday morning. Uh, so Friday morning, just, uh, you know, switch it up, do something a little different, whatever. Um, uh, going to do a, do a midweek recap uh, with soccer to, to start it off. Uh, and then Josh will get into the preview for football. And then I'll preview soccer on the weekend. And then uh, Manny comes on and we talk Sun Conference Volleyball midweek recap. Uh, look ahead to the weekend. And then we have a great interview with uh, a new head coach, uh, full-time head coach for Florida Memorial uh, coach, uh, Mark Lou Young. Great interview. Um, they're com- coming off um, a historic win. And that's where we'll start with the with – the midweek games for the first time since 2016 Florida Memorial Lions have won a Sun Conference game obviously the big story coming out of the week first time ever in their program's history beating uh Josh our Weber Warriors unfortunately but either way uh an incredible win for them uh you know Co- coach Young we talk about, about that win what it meant to the program and um what, everything about it. he was pretty open man with talking about you know in years past i mean you, you go down to florida memorial you're expecting um you, you know win and th- throw some good stats up uh for four year season and that's kind of just the way uh florida memorial women's soccer was and the turnaround that he's done with it get some good non-conference wins early uh and now get a sun conference win uh we're talking a little bit they got a huge opportunity uh this weekend against their crosstown rival uh st thomas but uh sierra bartley who he talked uh, we talked about her a little bit in the interview as well. Uh, she was the goal scorer um, and then a clean sheet in net. Um, also, Kaiser, uh, women's soccer, uh, it's kind of it's a good sign. It's a good sign for them. Took care of business against Warner, 6-0. Uh, six, six Lauren, uh, Lauren Riley led the way with two goals, a good clean sheet uh, for Zara in, in net. Um, yeah, this could be something for Kaiser to really start – Building on, they have dropped down to 19th uh, in the NAI, which is the lowest that we've seen uh, in the, I mean, only the two seasons that we've covered. But, um, you know, I think it's a great win for them. And as we turn into the second half of conference play here soon, uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe it's kind of like, okay, now Kaiser, now Kaiser goes, which what, like I said, I'm, if you're, if you're bearing uh, them, shame on you, shame on you. And you are, you're not, it's, just, it's not, not a smart move. But uh, they do take take care of business. Uh, in the big matchup of the weekend, uh, SCAD, 3-2 win over Southeastern. Sydney Chura, who um, I, I think right now is probably between either her or uh, Abby Sadal for player of the year right now in the Sun Conference, her teammate. Uh, but she led the way two more goals and assist, and that kind of brings me to uh, what we have for our 100th episode. We've teased the interview a little bit and how we were going to do it. What we are doing for our 100th uh, episode is we have about an hour-long interview with Sydney, Abigail Sadal, and uh, Ines Summer from SCAD. Um, that is a great interview, fun interview. And you know, I, I, yeah, we learn learn a lot about the SCAD, um, and uh, you know that's kind of the the school you don't really know know a whole, whole lot about it in the conference, and it's very different, obviously, um, than your average university. Uh, so great interview 
with with them. And let's see, let me make sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. Also in women's soccer, uh, St. Thomas took care of business uh, against Ave Maria, 3-1 win. Look, St. Thomas continues to roll, and now they're ranked 17th in the nation. That was kind of my big question. What would what would uh, the committee look at, uh, you know, their 2-0 loss for SCAD? I didn't think it would punish them, but I thought it could kind of pull them down from the jump they would make after beating Kaiser uh, 3-0 last week. Man, you jump up uh, eight spots like that, uh, definitely impressive enough uh, for the committee, and they're ranked 17th in the in the country now. Four teams in the Sun Conference in the top 20. Incredible, incredible, incredible. It's, of course, SCAD at 7, Southeastern 13, uh, St. Thomas at 17, and Kaiser at 19. On the men's side, Weber got a big win, a uh, big, big shutout uh, for, uh, for Weber. Um, from Ben, ben Parkinson has some good saves, uh, five saves in there. Shutout win. Ruben with two more goals. He has been on fire uh, for the Warriors. Uh, honestly, could have picked him for man of the match as well. It's just for every Weber win. That's kind of what we've done. So switch it up. Get a, uh, You know, we've got to show goalkeeper love on here. Ben with a great uh, performance in net. And another guy that's been red hot has been down in West Palm Beach. Um, out there. Chavez, a hat trick and an assist uh, in their 6 0 win uh, against Warner. So, Kaiser, Kaiser men's and women's soccer, they match up in the rankings at 19 and they match up in uh, taking care of business against Warner 6 0. Um, I guess saying taking care of business will offend some people. I don't, whatever. But um, Kaiser uh, did what they need, needed to do. Uh, they stay nipping on the heels of the top team in the conference right now. And that is the St. Thomas Bobcats who um, win against Ave Maria. Uh, this is, a, uh, I tell you what, Ave, they continue to, to put up some, some good fights, man. They, they got a good win. Um, uh, Testioni with the goal, goal and assist in that one for uh, St. Thomas, um, as well as, let's see, I thought I had it. Oh, one second. Oh boy, great podcast. All right, had my notes and I completely lost them. But in, anyways, uh, yeah, West Sessioni and Nicholas uh, Lund, uh, they both traded goals and assists with each other uh, in that in that 2-0 win. Uh, and then, let's see, to wrap it up, yeah, uh, kind of wrap up midweek, uh, just yesterday on Thursday night, uh, Southeastern, who is receiving votes again for soccer, uh, led by Corey Nekloff, uh, two goals and their 4-1 win over Scads and uh, you know Southeastern continues to be be a top tier team uh, in the NAI. I think they deserve to be in the top twenty five. Um, they had a couple losses, but I mean nothing to. There were no losses. I felt like uh, at this point, I I'd like to see them at twenty five. It's not not quite getting up on my soapbox the way I, I have before, obviously, but I I think they they uh, they should be top twenty five. I mean, of course, I'm gonna say that, but. But yeah, that's kind of our midweek recap with soccer. Josh, there's some good games. Obviously, Southeastern Weber is one you got scheduled, but there's one game that really will define the Sun Conference season in football this weekend. You want to talk about that one first, or do do the other ones first? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to conclude with that one. I'm going to start with some of the other ones first, and then um, work my way to that one. Kind of give it a little bit more attention than the others, as it deserves. Sure. Um, just a, the overview of the of the weekend. Ave travels 
north, uh, quite a quite a long road trip. Well, that should be probably like six, seven hour trip, eight. More than that. I probably, yeah, probably about eight. They're down. Thomasville isn't too far in Georgia, is it? Or is it north? No, I mean, it, it, it's about like driving to my, to my home. I mean, it's, I mean, Thomas University. I made the drive over there uh, when we, when, when we had uh, uh, Coach Brad Fleenor on. Man, it's, uh, I mean, it's 30, 45 minutes from my house. Um, it's about a, Five and a half hour drive from Lake oh, Well. So yeah, they're they're gonna have about a nine hour drive then. Yeah, they're gonna have a good good little hike. So yeah, Ave travels north to Thomasville, Georgia. Thomas's uh conference home opener, noon kickoff. Um Warner um travels south to Florida Memorial, one o'clock kickoff, um, southeastern, right down the road, right down, I guess 60, uh, take on Weber, 130 kickoff in Babson Park, and then um St. Thomas. Um Heading a little, little north to Kaiser, six o'clock kickoff in West Palm Beach. Um, great way to end the day for some conference football. Um, but to get to get started, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about stats to to this point with with all of these teams um, going game by game, and then I'll finish with um, some score predictions and winners and losers. So let's. Uh, I mean, I let's, the, before uh, that, I want to go over my record from last week. I so, love Thomas. I, I was one and L. Kaiser two and L. I looked it up. I got curious. It's right at six hours, so it's not that bad of a trip for him. Okay, so I was right. I didn't think it was too because Thomas when we went there it wasn't that far at all. No, it's not too bad. I guess it's uh wait from us at six hours. Well, my my place is um uh, to my place at six hours. I'm like a good forty. No, for them it's nine hours then, because they're three hours south. I'm looking at. It. I guess it just depends on the route, or maybe my phone's just tripping. I mean, they don't take the same way. I mean, they're going up through Tampa and over. Who, who cares? Who cares? Whatever. Just get there safe. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah get there safe. <laughs> who cares? So I was, uh, I was two and two last week. I'm a bot. That's right, though. Yeah. Um, Southeastern yeah, slow mo. Heck with that. Let's see if I can maybe get a little three and one or maybe sweep the sweep the week. But um yeah, so two and two last week. But Ave Maria traveling up north to Thomas. Um Ave Maria pissed off. Um, you know, got kind of embarrassed at home against Florida Memorial. They're gonna look to get their first conference win of the year against the the new guys in town, new guys in the league. Um, I think Ave Maria handles them pretty well. I have a 41-17 prediction for Ave Maria. Um, just briefly, um, Brian Stemke, uh, 65 attempts, 438 yards and four touchdowns, averaging six and a half yards a carry, 141 yards a game, having a, a quite the year. Um, Andrew Legg, 86 of 137, five interceptions, seven touchdowns, 874 yards. Um, definitely needs to work on those turnovers a little bit, but you know, that comes with, comes with time throughout the, throughout the season. And then, um, Joshua Jenkins, 28, 28 catches, 363 yards and three touchdowns to lead the gyrene receivers. Um, and Florida Memorial, I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me, Thomas, um, James Amaker, 39 carries, 166 yards and Chris Carter with 23 carries and 88 yards. Um, Amaker with a touchdown. And then Jalen White also with a rushing touchdown. Um, Chris Carter being also being the quarterback, um, 
23 of 41 with two picks and two touchdowns. And Charles Britt does some quarterback as well, 13 of 18, 150 yards. Um, not too much through the air thus far for, for Thomas. Um, but, yeah, like I said, you know, Ave pissed off, ready to get back on the right track. So, Ave Maria should have a pretty a statement win in Thomasville. Um, but moving on, the game that I'm pretty intrigued about because um, I kind of was pissed off, you know, that Warner – that Warner got embarrassed. I really was because I, I was kind of hopeful that they would be, you know, handle that game a little better. But, you know, Southeastern said the heck with that one. Um, but, you know, like we said, Flomo can score with the best of them. They can run it. They can throw it. And they said that we can play defense now. So I guess we're going to see if, if, you know, if they can do it again and if Warner can get things back on the right track. Um, but, you know, I have Flomo beating Warner 56 to 21. Um and wanted to talk about a little bit, um, like I said, with some stats with Warner and Flomo. Uh, Xavier Holiday um, having a decent year, 48 of 94 with six touchdowns and two picks. His turn, two turnovers coming this past week against against the fire. Um, uh, running the ball, Kyle Metaham, Mediam. I wish I knew how to pronounce that. Um, 57 carries, 384 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and Clyde Holland, 25 carries, 123 yards, and one touchdown. And receiving, we got two guys who are kind of carrying the load for who are Holiday's favorite targets, Evans Valcourt and Dequeez Fryer, both with 17 and 13 catches, respectively. Um, Southeastern Weber, very another one that's intriguing. Southeastern with a little rematch from last year. Um and um sorry, brain brain fart. But uh no Weber Weber is gonna have to defend that that home turf because Southeastern's coming. Um last year Southeastern got embarrassed at home, I would say. I was watching that it was a little birthday weekend for me. I was watching that at the family dinner and I was just getting excited seeing Weber go over there and make a statement. But it's gonna be a challenge. Weber's struggling this year, Southeastern off of an impressive win. Um, Terry Weems Jr. leading the way for the Warriors on the ground. Still, still have yet to figure out in the quarterback room. But last week there was an you know impressive um, showing for the freshman um, Trent Grothen, right? I'm correct with that. How do you pronounce that? You got pretty much right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's, that's a tough. There's so many tough names for for what. <laughs> um, you but yeah, Trent Trent with a with a pretty impressive. Um, First start in college, you're going to look to back-to-back home games in your first two starts. I don't know if you could ask for anything anything more than that, especially when you're starting when the conference slate starts. Um, and Southeastern, Southeastern this past week kind of did it all. They, they threw up all over the place on offense. Um, but if you wanted to go over what they got going on, because I know they got a bunch of guys who touched the rock. Um, Josiah Neos with 60 carries, 245 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Daniel Parker also 28 carries, 143 yards and two scores. And then, um, you know, this past week we saw Nate Hayden uh, show up, you know, didn't turn the ball over, did exactly what he needed to do, 15 of 17 last week. Um, that was a struggle before, had a hard time completing passes, but he's doing much better with that now, almost at 61%. Um, so, but score, I have 38-17 Southeastern. I think it's going to be close in the first half, and I think, um, Southeastern pulls pulls away late, but the 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 game we've all we're all anticipating, 
yeah. the rematch from last year. That was a great game. You know, it was a great game when I when I'm rotating the Florida football game with this game on my TV at home with my dad. So I'm very intrigued. Jaden Mezinger versus Rontavious Farmer. Um, what what a matchup! Two ex the best two running backs in the conference, arguably two of the top five running backs in the entire country, in my opinion. Um, Mezinger with almost 400 yards rush, 400 yards rushing so far with eight touchdowns, which is really impressive. Um, and Rontavious Farmer with six himself, almost 400 yards as well. Wait, I'm sorry, they got they got Rontavious Farmer on here three times, so I think he has like 700 yards rushing. Yeah, <laughs> they have him on here for two games. Games at 378 yards, two more games for 192 yards, and another game for 157. So if if the math is math, and he's got almost 700 yards and 10 touchdowns, um, this is gonna be this is gonna be a smash mouth game, a lot of defense, a lot of running. Um, but I I think Kaiser's gonna win. I do, I do. I think Kaiser upsets. I guess I guess it wouldn't be an upset. It wouldn't be an upset, but Kaiser 31-24. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to go down to the end just like last year. Special team is probably going to play a big part. Going to have to be able to punt, play field position, flip the field, things like that. Make your field goals, make your extra points. I think it's going to come down to the little things. But I like Kaiser 31-24. So that's what I got briefly for this weekend. Very excited. Back to you, Mr. Reagan. And you're you're muted, by the way. Sorry, Seth was sorry. I was wondering, wondering why you kept talking. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. But uh, I, sorry, uh, just had, uh, had a little background uh, noise. I wanted to mute myself real quick. I did did go to the Sun Conference website real quick. I did confirm uh, he is just under 700 yards, 684 uh, on the year. Interesting to have him uh, in there, three separate ones, but whatever. Um, no, it's, it's definitely going to be what time is that game? Uh, 6.30. 6.30, yeah. I'll, Ooh, I don't know if we're gonna have that one. We're gonna have we have a lot going on around that time. We have a lot going on around uh, that time. We'll, it'll right. it'll be it'll be monitored, but you yeah. know the, the some important items are right behind you. Yeah, 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 Bray. Yeah, I'm, I know you'll be you'll be watching the Kaiser St. Thomas. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm a I'm a Kaiser St. Thomas football fan. Um, you know, just you know, just through the association on the Sun Conference, but I've been a Braves fan just a little bit longer. A little bit longer. We'll have the it'll just be that game will be be on the laptop while the while uh we'll have uh, the Braves on the TV and we'll keep uh Kaiser Saint. That'll have to be uh that'll be our laptop game. But we'll, yeah, laptop game. yeah, great laptop game. Um Yoffs, man, we got the fills. I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous. I'm not nervous. I'm we got the fightings. We got the fighting Phillies coming to town. We're going to take two, and they're going to go up to the bank, and we're going to close the bank for the season. Sweep style. Get them out of here. I would love a sweep. Well, can we just go 11? Let's just go 11 and 0 win the World Series. I'm so down. No stress. No no worries. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, kind of moving on in to the weekend. Uh, Warner going up uh, – to Savannah, Georgia. Saw on a couple of Instagram stories. They just got to meet Bucky the Beaver. <laughs> uh, they are taking on SCAD. Um, yeah, we have the th- top three goal scorers uh, in uh, the in the Sun Conference. Uh, Odney uh, Helga Helga daughter with seven goals right there, tied with 
Uh, Abigail Sadal with seven. Sydney Chura uh, right there with six. Um, that's going. It's going to be, be a fun game. Um, but at the end of the day, I think SCAD still SCAD. However, Warner did give them their best performance so far this season. Uh, a one nil uh, win for the Bees. Uh, I do think uh, SCAD Savannah. Uh, I, I I think they'll win this game. I think they'll wake up a little more for this game. It's at home. They're not having to travel. Warner is having to travel. Um, and I think they're going. They're going to uh, take care of business there again. Uh, I'll go to the tune three nil. No, three one. Three one. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Warner scores one. I'm gonna say three one. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, we we got to go over your picks from last week. How do you do? I don't even know. If uh, I'm gonna expose my terrible week, we're gonna have to hear yours too. I don't even remember, but let's. Uh, I know I got. I, I said Southeastern Weber men's would be a tie. Wrong. Uh, Southeastern won that one. Uh, had SCAD beating Florida Memorial. Um, what did I say with St. Thomas Kaiser women's? What did I say with that one? I'm pretty sure I you said St. Thomas was going to win. Same, I was right about that. St. Thomas won that one. Big you up. said Weber and Flomo were going to tie also, I think. No, I said Weber and uh, Southeastern were tie for men's. Oh, yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, that SCAD beating St. Thomas. Oh wait, no, that that was back. That was back. Uh, Southeastern Weber got that one right for women's. Uh, St. Thomas beat Kaiser and men's got that right. Um, I had Warner beating Ave Maria wrong. Um, SCAD beating Flomo. Pretty sure I got that one right. Yeah, got that one right. Um, yeah, that's it. So not too shabby. Let's see one. One and oh, one and one, two and one, three and one. Um, the tie that it, it was a not a tie, or I said tie, so we'll say three and two, four and two, five and two. Um, and let's see what else five and two, and then doo -doo 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 -doo. Ave and Warner. Uh, I can't remember what I said. Did I say that one's gonna be a tie. I think you did. Bang. So six and two. Not bad. Well, that's a pretty good week, if you ask me. That's pretty good. Well, if I was that good at predicting NFL and MLB, but whatever. <laughs> Maybe I should watch it more. JK, I'd rather watch Sun Conference. It's better, better quality. <laughs> more interesting. Uh, anyways, uh, looking ahead uh, at the weekend. Now I got to get back. I'm all unorganized now. You know, got me all frazzled. Uh, uh, looking forward uh, to the weekend. I uh, just talked about SCAD uh, taking on Warner. Uh, on the men's side, uh, uh, SCAD travels down uh, to Warner. Uh, that's going to be a really good game, man. Um, you know, Con we talked about Con Connor Frill. He's had some solid performances. He's going to be looking to bounce back in net uh, for SCAD. Uh, Ryan Holmes, who's right at the top top of the conference, uh, for for goals, he'll he'll be looking to add on to that that total for for the bees. But uh, you know, Warner, after a couple of really disappointing results, I think this could be where they uh, they they get back right, man. Uh, and again, it's going to be a, a tough four uh, for Scad right after uh, facing Southeastern Thursday, and now um, you know, two days. 
two days later, they have to play a, a good physical uh, Warner side who, um, yeah, I mean, they, they need a win. Um, you know, looking at the, at the sun sun conference standings there in dead last now, Oh, four and two uh, in the sun conference, they need a win bad. Um, man, I don't know if I want to do it yet. Um, they have some nice players. I mean, Bryce Himes is a, um, you know, he's, he's been a solid, solid player uh, for, for Warner uh, this year. Um, I can't do it. I got to go with the bees. I got to stay, stay with SCAD. Um, I don't know what it is with Warner. Um, I don't know. They're going to be hungry. You know what? Tie. Screw it. There's my tie. Boom. There's my one tie. I got to get one. I got to say one's a tie. And that's going to be my one tie because I can't really, can't really pick for it. I, I kind of know how the direction I'm going to go uh, with the rest. Uh, so, uh, Weber plays Kaiser, uh, men's and women's soccer. Second time uh, they're facing kind of what we what we all have now. Everybody getting to face each other uh, again uh, in this this part of the season. Uh, I think Kaiser is going to uh, most likely take care take care of business um, uh, in, in both of those. Uh, again, they they both have two tremendous uh, uh, passers of the ball. Jack Casey for Kaiser leading with five assists, and you have Georgia Little. Uh, for for Kaiser leading with five five assists as well. Uh, men's game will be played in West Palm. Women's game will be played in Babson Park. Um, and like I said, I I, I feel like Kaiser. They, they, I, I trust Matt Dunn as a coach enough to where now at this point of the year, I feel like we're about to see a different Kaiser side um, for, throughout the rest of the year. I think they're going to be a bit better team. I think they're going to stop sliding in the polls, and it's gonna, they're going to be a much scarier team. I think he's figured out his team. Um, as long as they get a good performance in net, I think they're right back to where that they, they, they can be. Um, Southeastern taking on Ave Maria, men's game at Ave, women's game at uh, Southeastern. Uh, look, man, for me, I don't – I don't with, – with, on the men's side, um, Ave, uh, you know, they got a little momentum after beating uh, Warner uh, last week or earlier this week, three to one. But, I mean, Southeastern, dude, they have been phenomenal. Uh, uh, especially with Viegas, the way the way he's he's been playing, he is so much fun uh, to watch. Uh, Corey Neckloff, uh, he's coming off a great performance. Um, I think – uh, I'm gonna go both of them uh, in in the fire direction. I didn't give I didn't give uh, scores for Weber and Kaiser. Uh, men's I'll go two nil. Uh, women's I'll go three two last time. It was three two last time. Um, I'm gonna go four one Kaiser though. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Kaiser four one um, in the in the women's. Like I said, I do think they they're going to bounce back. Um, and have, have a really good, really good showing, but wouldn't mind Weber get, getting the win there. Of course. Um, go Warriors. Go Warriors. Of course. It's always go Warriors, but always, you know, that's what it is. Um, really fun matchup. I'm ready to see because both of the first games uh, for Florida Memorial St. Thomas were close, intense games uh, on the men's side. Uh, you know, it all it it was a, a Guido free kick that got them uh, the the win against Florida Memorial the first time around, and um, 
But leave the games played at St. Thomas. Yeah, the game will be played at St. Thomas. Obviously, not too much of a difference. I mean, 15 minute drive. If you want to go watch the game, you go watch the game. Uh, night game at St. Thomas. Um, you know, Noah Link's going to be leading the way for Florida, Florida Memorial. But I, I think St. Thomas men's um, that they haven't lost a game in conference. I don't see see them start starting here either. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the tune two one. I'm gonna say two one to the Bobcats. Franco's been incredible in that also uh, for St. Thomas. And then uh, on the women's side, look, we have Coach Young. Uh, we had Coach Young on uh, this episode, obviously. Um, big game for them. I mean, big big game for. Um, well, they have a good that you know they were right there with with St. Thomas in the first go around. So what uh could be a great opportunity for them to go out and you know have some fun, but um then you know maybe maybe get a win. But uh Claudia Rodriguez has been playing phenomenal. Get uh Gabriela uh Cimino, uh she's been very solid, and of course we've talked about Isabella uh Penarada in net. For Saint Saint Thomas, um, I believe she's brought. I mean, she's been right up there with any of the other goalkeepers in the conference as far as saves and uh, save save percentage. Um, she's second in the conference with a ninety percent save percentage, only behind Caitlin uh, Balziger for SCAD with a ninety four percent. Yeah, man, I, I'm gonna have to go Saint Thomas again in this one. Um, I think this is gonna be a really tight game, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go the same. I said with the men. We'll say two one to the Bobcats. All Bobcats this weekend, huh? Huge Bobcats. Yeah, good Bobcats. Uh, good vibes for the Bobcats right now with their soccer program. But um, yeah, they got a. I tell you what, dude, their volleyball team though. They are nasty. I don't know if you listened to the episode earlier this week and some of the stats that they that they've. Uh, that they've been pouring on, but we're going to talk a little bit more about them uh, here with Manny in just a minute. Do their volleyball teams legit? Like, I think this is a team where we could see, which I mean, you know, we really haven't had a volleyball team that, that I know of really like go and make a run in the national stage. I think this is a team that, that could do that. I mean, wow. I mean, St. Thomas is electric in every fall sport. Yeah, they're not bad. They're not too bad when, when it comes to the spring, spring either with baseball, softball. Had a good year last year. It'll be interesting to see what they do in softball, um, especially now that Abigail Smith is gone. But, you know, we'll see. It was a great sports school. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, when we talk about it, um, who we have on last. Um, we had Coach Reichel on and we uh, – Marco Shagai uh, from their soccer team. They uh, believe they both mentioned – I know Mark did. I'm not – I don't want to put words in – Coach Reichel's mouth, um, but no, what they've uh, what they've done as far as investments uh, there, uh, and of course, props to their president, uh, STU Press, great follow on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, I mean they they've invested in athletics over the last few years, and it's paid off for them. And you know, props to them for that. But Josh, you got anything before we kick it over to Manny? No, just. A lot of good, good Sun Conference action this weekend. I mean, a lot of good football games, a lot of good rematches in soccer. Um, flipping, flipping the script in terms of home field advantage, which which could play, play a part in some of those rematches. So you many, what, you're gonna find out a lot about coaching this weekend in soccer. You're gonna find out a lot about coaching in this conference because it's gonna take now that 
these everybody's seen everybody you know what the plans are your tactics and you know it's it was difficult enough when you plan on playing them twice and once in the regular season and then in the uh conference tournament but now you know it it really is a game game of chess a little bit of a poker match if you will because you got to you don't want to throw all your tactics in, but we're talking about having to face the same team within a two months of each other, three times, possibly a fourth. If you, you know, you, you start talking about Kaiser, SCAD, St. Thomas, both the men's and women's um, just when you get to a national tournament, I mean, you never know who you're going to face and you, there's a real possibility. We, we have a situation say SCAD and Kaiser twice here, third time in the, conference tournament and a fourth time at the national stage. I mean, you, at that point, I mean, what do you do tactically? I mean, it, you have to adjust. It's not just, okay, here's my plan. Like I think Southeastern had a really good plan first time around when they played Kaiser and we'll see if they switch it up or anything. Um, when they play, when they play later, um, I think Weber had a good plan when they played Kaiser, obviously, I mean, three, two, uh, that's not bad for re for the way it's been in years past for uh, women's women's soccer, but now what happens? Well, what, what's Coach Paris's reaction kind of when they um, – now they have to go up against uh, Matt Dunn a second time and, and Kaiser. So, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, we're going to uh, kick it over now to myself and Manny Burroughs, talk a little Sun Conference Volleyball. All right, now we have Mr. Manny Burroughs. Manny, uh, we, we're going to start this off just like how we started off the episode with a healthy debate. And it's on this – on. Well, people listening already know, watching, whatever. This little guy right here, Candy Corn. Josh and I got into do, do a debate debate about it. Beginning of, of, of the show, it's fall. You know, it's kind of that time of the year. We see Candy Corn popping off. Some people are pro. Some people are against. I'm pro. I think Candy Corn is the most hated on candy for no reason. I think it's delicious. You are a little bit more neutral on the subject, though. I'm neutral, but I will say this. It it, I can't remember the last time I had candy corn. I understand its iconicness when it okay. comes to fall, so I understand why why it's used. But I will say, I'm, I'm pro- if I had to pick, I would probably side with Josh here because I don't. I just uh, I think you're you're. There's just no point. Like it doesn't look. It, honestly, this doesn't look intriguing to me at well, all. Little pumpkins. Like I say, I got a little pumpkin right. <laughs> See, that's new. I never saw that one. That, that's that's a new pumpkins? one. It looks a, that one looks a lot better than the I, I got, I got the assorted cool. pack here. So you saw the regular one. They got the chocolate ones. They got chocolate candy. I didn't even know there was types of candy. This is this is new to me. This is news to me. This is I guess you I guess you on the news. They really <laughs> figuring out that candy corn had different flavors and things was not on my bingo card <laughs> for today. But hey, we're here. This is this it's been that kind of Thursday. It's been that kind well, of I Thursday. guess when we start recording in the spring, we'll uh, have to have a debate on peeps. That's another debate. Uh, we we could we could get it get into a whole later mm-hmm. day, but uh, for this candy talk, let's uh, get into a little bit of Sun Conference volleyball uh, midweek action. Um, I want to say a ton of really big surprises one way uh, or the other, but I mean, once again, I mean, let's start in St. Thomas or in Miami Gardens with St. Thomas, because you just look at the statistics from this game and good Lord. I mean, he, he, I'm not sure exactly who runs the St. Thomas volleyball uh, account. I'm not sure if that's Co- coach Witt or uh, a GA or whoever it is, but I mean, they were talking about the numbers and they were it, incredible against a really good uh, Kaiser team who played well. I thought Kaiser 
uh, played well um, in, in the contest. But St. Thomas with, you know, I, I we talk about them. It, it does kind of feel like their, their conference uh, to lose. Obviously, when we get into the conference tournament, that we're, it'll be a little bit of a different story because, I mean, tournament play, it is what it is. But as we've kind of gotten into – uh, a little bit deeper into the conference schedule. I, it's going to be really tough for anybody not named St. Thomas to be the one seed. Uh, but, man, they're playing really complete volleyball right now. They really are. And the first two sets, I think, was just straight Bobcats. Like, honestly, yeah. you can look at that third set and say, okay, was this more realistic? And it wasn't. Like, I don't think – I think set number three was a complete, like, aberration when we talk about, like, the, that team and the way that STU can play. I mean, aside from that set, they hit plus 200 on every other set, including .467 in the first set. Like, they were offensively just on another level. And you mentioned the numbers. The numbers were ridiculous. I was on the broadcast, and I was looking at these numbers, refreshing the page, and it just didn't – I mentioned this after to one of the – uh GAs that that are on campus we're talking and stuff like that and statistically and I say it's because she is a player of the year candidate and she deserves it rightfully so if if she's able to win the award Amanda Allende in my opinion had a off night 12 kills 34 34 total attacks but eight attack errors like that's not consistent to her and they still won in considerable fashion and Allende still put up a double double with 11 digs and to look at that stat line and to realize that the Bobcats still put on their best foot forward lets you know the depth that this team has. Alexander Bruno, the freshman, I don't know if it was the interview that we have for her for Suncast, but she had a little pep in her step. 14 kills, 28 total attacks, no attack errors. Just she mentioned that she wanted to be productive. You can't get much more productive than that. That was an amazing performance by her. But I think the MVP of the night is between Bianca Grassi and Sanaa Dennis. Because Bianca had a career night, 29 digs. I really wanted her to get that 30 ball. But she still was just unbelievable in the way that she's covering so much ground. Like, she just comes out of nowhere and is able to get some textbook digs, get so much air under them, and allow the setters like Peyton Berkey to get under there. Peyton Berkey had 52 assists. Like, we're all talking about all these numbers, and we can't even, we haven't even mentioned that she had a 52-assist game. So not Dennis, though. I think she was the most consistent one throughout the day. She had 12 kills. She also had seven blocks. I mean, she was everywhere on that front line. She was a presence for the Seahawks. And I know that's something we mentioned with the Seahawks going against some teams in the conference where the front line presence can be a bit of an issue for them. I think they held their own. I think they did very well. But Sanaa just had more impact on it. And it's like you said, Kaiser didn't play bad. Like, they did not no. play bad. I do also think that it maybe that loss to the fire in the way they lost maybe was weighing on them a little bit. But it was just the Bobcats being the Bobcats. Ten in a row now, a set count of, I want to say, 30 and three in those 10 games. They're on a roll. They're just on a roll. And I, like you said, it's pretty hard to pick anybody else to host a tournament. Once we get there, we can have debate, stuff like that. But hosting, I think it's theirs to lose. I mean, uh, they're going to lock it up in maybe one of the quicker ways. And obviously, I don't know the we don't know the full history of how quick it's taken uh, other teams uh, to, to clinch home court advantage. But I don't know if they're going to – I don't want to say uh, – I'm going to be careful about, about saying I don't know if they're going to lose uh, a game throughout the rest of the Sun Conference uh, season, but it, it's hard to say. When you, when they have Kaiser, who played a good game, I was able to ca catch a little bit of the first set and, and the second set in between flipping back and forth to that uh, and SCAD and Southeastern Soccer that, that played last night. Um, I, it, it's tough to say because – 
when they are able to to get it uh, past Dennis, who w- was sensational on the front line, you have Grassi with 29 digs. Don't hold me to this, but I think 29 digs, that's, I believe, the uh, a season high for anybody in the Sun Conference. Um, I don't, I don't want to say that 100%, but I'm about 95% sure there's nobody ha- had that many digs. And when you have that, and we already know what the Bobcats are going to bring offensively. And what's scary is when they can do this when Allende's not on – I mean, and it is credit uh, to Bruno um, and, I mean, Berkey as well for, I mean, a 50-plus assist game and four sets. You know, 50 – when you see 52 assists, it is surely in five sets. Not the case. She does it uh, in, in four. Um, obviously not coming off the court, really. Uh, but, I mean, absolutely incredible. Um I tell you another uh, setter though that had just about an impressive night. This is the reigning setter uh, of the week, um, uh, Ali Pasletaweight, uh, forty-eight assists. Uh, Southeastern, I mean, comes r- right back out, and they do kind of. I think they have kind of answered our question that we've had over the last couple of weeks. I think they're number two right now uh, in the Sun Conference. If we did a power rankings, it's going to be hard not to uh, say them, and not only. That we talked about Grace Petty and how much she does uh, with kills and kind of like with um, Amanda with St. Thomas, not exactly her top night with kills, but Cambry Pope steps up with a 14 kill performance uh, against the Gyrenes. No, yeah, you're you're 100% right. I think that that answer has been that answer is the that is the answer to the question. Southeastern is going to really sit comfortably in that second spot uh, in the conference, especially now that Kaiser lost that game they're now three now three and three playing a 500 volleyball and we're going to get to them and trust me we're going to get to your Weber Warriors when, when we get when we talk I, a little bit later on I, and I, a fifth set fourth and fifth set electric but we will get to it so I think in, in and honestly we're going to give the Bobcast flowers I will be the first one I will be the top of that hill giving them their flowers the fire I think come postseason time as they get more games into even their next time that they meet the Bobcats here in Miami Gardens. I think that's going to be a lot different than the game that they had in the, uh, the first time around at Lakeland. So there's a gap there. The, it's not that big, but there is a gap. And I think the fire, again, as you get more games under your belt, you feel more comfortable that that Titan matchup that we've seen in a couple of weeks is going to be really, really good for postseason preview. I'm glad you mentioned that. I do feel uh, pretty similar with Southeastern. But who the team that I would describe that as, and I'm glad uh, you said it before. Uh, before I forgot, it's Kaiser. We saw it last year. We saw Kaiser uh, come in last year, I believe, as a three-four seed um, and take down a uh, number two seed Ave Maria uh, and square off against the Bobcats in the Southern Conference title last year. I think Kaiser is that team um, where if they, you know, continue to kind of stay here three-four range uh, with seeding, uh, I, I I would not be surprised at all to see them. Uh, in, in the in the conference uh, championship, but yeah, I mean a, a very impressive win uh, for Southeastern. I tell you what, Southeastern's really done well. Uh, I feel like this year, man, they come out and they attack early in that uh, for, in the first set. We saw uh, St. Thomas when they uh, played St. Thomas, give them a little bit of trouble in the first set, and then win that uh, the second set. Uh, but man, you go and you hold a good Ave Maria team to thirteen points in the first set, and. Um, I mean, great at Ave. I mean, a young team uh, kind of got punched in the mouth there in the first set, comes back out and wins the second set. But Southeastern, they said, hey, we are – this is our year. We are the experienced side, and we're going to, you know, take care of business, win two close sets in the third thir- third and fourth. And going off your note about Kaiser, 
they are dangerous because if they're playing their right volleyball, even though they're going to be, if, if they finish three or four, they're that team. Like you mentioned, if they're playing the right way, they're playing clean volleyball. They're still going to be, they're going to be in the third or fourth, but they could easily have been a second team, you know, sure. if a couple games gone their way, stuff like that. But no, the fire, they continue to move. They continue to, to really, like you said, aggressive, another team similar to the, like, I see a lot of similarities between these two teams. Both teams are very aggressive in their opening sets. Bobcats right now, they're 15 and 0 now when they win that first set. And they're doing it with plus 400 attacking percentages, similar to the fire. So those first sets, and again, like we always say, the experience of these two teams to understand you got to come out early. You got to come out, punch the other team in the mouth, let them know like this is going to be a dogfight. This is going to be a tough one if you even want to get one set off of us, let alone three for the win. Well, speaking of winning a huge first set, Warner against Florida Memorial uh, last night. Uh, Obviously, the uh, the big name uh, coming out of that was uh, Constanza of uh, uh, Volpato. Uh, Volpato, I believe I'm saying that correct. I mean, le led the uh, the Royals with 12 kills, three aces, and four blocks. Uh, I mean that that that's the first. I know that's the first time this year that we've had somebody in a game lead in those three uh, categories. So getting it done uh, everywhere. But they took that first set, and then it looked like Florida Memorial would kind of would would step back in. Take care, take care of biz, win the next two sets, um, you know, by, by five points each, 25-20 in the second and third set. But then Warner, man, well, growing up uh, and then taking uh, – just dominating the fourth set and then winning a nail-biter uh, in the fifth set, 15-12. to 12. I mean, a huge conference uh, win out of Lake Wells for Warner. And I know I want to mention this before because I know this has been a little bit of a topic. Another game where the – where the fire said with the Lions were missing some key players, including Sozo. So that is something we have to know. But like we mentioned, yep. we've seen the Warner Royals kind of grow up right in front of our eyes, so to speak. We talk about that Weber win that they had a few weeks ago. Then now they beat the Lions. Are we saying that the Royals are going to be something to deal with this season? Probably not. But if they can pile up wins like this, if you have performances like Constanza where her stat line was longer than a Chick-fil-A line, these nah. are the type of games that we need. These are the type of games that you want to see if you're a Warner Royal fan because that means development. It means that they understand to win in the Sun Conference in the regular season. We're not even going to talk about the postseason. To win in the regular season is going to take your best game every single night, no matter who you're playing against, because every game is going to be a dogfight. This middle, after we get out of Southeastern, that three through the rest of the conference is tight, tight, tight. Even Warner and Florida Memorial at the bottom because they can easily upset a team who's maybe taking a little bit easy, not locked in mentally. And we saw the Royals. They did that. They finished out that that comeback in great fashion, giving the home crowd a nice little win there in the, in the middle of the week. Yeah, and you want to talk about uh, the, the conference standings. We'll um... – I mean, we can go through go through them uh, right now while we got it uh, on the brain. Right now, bottom of the conference is Florida Memorial one and five. Warner right behind them two and five, um, and then Coastal Georgia that first team in uh, that sixth seed at two and four. Uh, above them, Ave Maria three and four. Uh, Weber uh, and Kaiser tied three three. That will be decided uh, this weekend. Uh, there will be a flip flop there, um, and that tie Kaiser with the better overall record technically ahead of them right now. Uh, and then the top two, Southeastern five and one, and of course the Bobcats still undefeated and fifteen and two overall in comp and uh overall play. And I guess it could be a perfect segue because, in my opinion, the biggest winners of yesterday were no the Weber International Warriors. The Dubs, they baby, were, the Dubs. They were without a doubt their win because, and we talked about it when we were previewing Wednesday's matchups. 
after winning Ave Maria, they set themselves up for this weekend and for yesterday to really control their own destiny. Because we mentioned if Ave Maria had dropped the Southeastern, which let's be honest, we, we had a Southeastern winning that matchup just off of experience and all that. And the Weber Warriors Warriors can go into coastal Georgia and win in five. We definitely knew it was going to be a five set thriller if, if no. the Warriors won. They would set up a, like you said, winner take all kind of situation with the Seahawks. Now, it's going to be a tough one. It is considered a home game. So I'm expecting there to be a lot of green in the stands at, at Avon Park because if the Warriors, their, their momentum, they're building, they're, they're really coming together. I like what I saw. This lets you know that, like we mentioned, the, this Warrior team, they're turning a bit of a corner here. They're starting to get things together. And if they do pull off the upset this weekend, they're not sitting that third spot three games in a row this now we look at this warrior team and say uh guys we better keep an eye on them because if they start figuring it out they're going to be a tough outcome postseason time yeah, it's going to be tough a lot of uh decisions going to have to be made between the weber student body either driving 30 minutes to watch that game or the weber southeastern football game uh that they'll be on campus unfortunately that's going to be uh i it, it, i i hate it i hate it for our volleyball team man i i mean it, you should be able to play especially seniors i mean the majority of the team is seniors you should be able to get Good to play um, in front in front of uh, a home crowd, and uh, the Weber student body does such a good job of packing out uh, the side uh, the side by center uh, when we do uh, play games there. Um, and I mean, it's just unfortunate not not going to be the case uh, for uh, the remainder of the year for volleyball and even into basketball, which uh, you know you're very excited about basketball uh, coming up. We'll be getting in pretty soon on. Uh, talking a little Sun Conference basketball, but still a little bit. We've got about uh, 20, 25 days or so, about no, about three weeks before uh, kicking off uh, the, the full the full season. But, Manny, real quick, let's take a look at what we have going on this weekend. Uh, three games, uh, Ave Maria get, getting uh, the weekend off, uh, as well as Warner getting the weekend off. So only three games. Uh, in volleyball, all at two o'clock, Coastal Georgia, uh, traveling down to St. Thomas. Uh, we've seen Coastal Georgia, uh, be frisky, fight well. Um, uh, obviously, right now with St. Thomas, the way St. Thomas is, uh, playing gonna be really difficult there. Um, interesting ma ma matchup with Southeastern going down to Florida Memorial. See if Florida Memorial can get some of their players back. Um, if they don't, uh, don't, I, I, I'd be pretty shocked. Um, to see Southeastern not improve the six and one in conference play. Uh, and then obviously the big one, Kaiser and Weber. Manny, do you have any notes you want to add to any of these games before we kick it over to the interview? The main thing that I want to say, and specifically because again, those two that we first mentioned with St. Thomas and Southeastern, I think it's pretty, they are the favorite in those matchups. That game against Kaiser and Weber, I'm going to be glued to the stat sheet. I'm going to be glued to the screen because if we can have a repeat, where we have four players for the Warriors in double-figure kills, Bailey Sigma, Sintinel Lorina, Jazia Anderson, and Nadia Reed, 16, 15, 12, and 11, respectively. If we can have something like that, a similar game like that, and just tone down a little bit on those errors, I think if you force them to five sets, even though it's going to be at home, I really do think the Warriors have a chance because they have much more momentum than the Seahawks do. With that being said, the Seahawks on a two-game losing streak of their own, they're going to be hungry to try and rewrite that, get back in their winning ways because they need this win to give, give themselves separation, like we keep mentioning, between the Warriors in the standings. 
because I don't see there being much of a gap between three through even the bottom two uh, in the conference with uh, the Warriors, the Royals and Florida Memorial. Yeah, I mean, this uh, matchup in Web uh, at Weber last year was a five setter. If memory serves me right, I believe Weber took the first two and then a reverse sweep uh, for Kaiser, which nearly happened for Weber against Coastal Georgia. But um, yeah, no, I think I think it'll be a great matchup. I, it's it's one of those when, when I look at uh, the conference uh, the conference schedule for volleyball. Uh, I really, of course, any conference game, but especially this one, Kaiser Weber. That's one I really wish would be uh, not conflicting with football, so I could be there, be able to call for that one. But obviously, can't really be two places at once. Oh uh, yeah, and, and it sucks that's gonna be the same time that I'm gonna be on the call for for volleyball for St. Thomas. So I'm not gonna be as invested as I can be but i will be checking in you know in between timeouts in between sets keeping an eye out on that one as the day goes on but no i mean this we still got a good chunk of games left you know i know the bobcats again because i cover them they they only have conference games left i'm checking the warriors schedule here they have two non-conference games left and the rest of them are conference i'm sure a lot of the teams are kind of in the similar boat so yeah. we're hitting that home stretch here where now we're kind of seeing where teams are gonna maybe finish out the standings are still tight as always but every game is getting a little bit more more uh, important for these teams, even at the top. You know, Bobcats, you'd think they would have a lot of space being undefeated in the conference, and right behind them is Southeastern, 5-1, and one, and not looking to slow down anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, like I said, it, it does feel like at least for the regular season, it'll be tough for anybody. I mean, all, I mean, all that really has to happen, though, I mean, Southeastern wins out and St. Thomas drops one or two games. I mean, I'm not – or drops one game besides Southeastern, that'd be the only thing that really needed to happen, um, which does seem like a lot for them to lose two games. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, Manny, you got any uh, other thoughts? By the way, I didn't, t- didn't tell you earlier, this is episode 99. You're closing in on the century mark. Century mark. Wow. Give me a phone. We got, got Again, that's, that's all. And, and even for someone like me who just joined this this calendar year, I'm just, Hundred years, a hundred episodes. Jesus, I am like a vampire. Hey, hey, you know, it never yeah, die, man. Never die. Hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> crazy things happen. I still remember when we were first talking. I told you, I said, "Oh, I thought Suncast was at least like two, three years." You've been doing this for me. I'm like, nah, this is like fairly fresh. I'm like, bro, for fresh, you've been taking the conference by storm, dude. This yeah, is. We, this, we're really excited. Obvious, obvious. Talked about the beginning. Uh, beginning of. Episode, but really, uh, we got a special episode, uh, for, for the folks. Uh, episode 100, a little bonus episode on Sunday, um, with uh, uh, a few couple members of the SCAD Bees. But, um, uh, man, you got any other closing thoughts uh, before we kick it over? Here's to the next hundred, here's to the next hundred, baby. We're gonna kick it over now, uh, to Far Memorial women's soccer coach, Coach Lou Young. Okay, we have on a very special guest. It's Coach Mark Lou Young of Florida Memorial Women's Soccer. Coach, how we doing, man? I'm doing great, Reagan. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So Wednesday, uh, again, against uh, my Weber Warriors, but, man, a historic win uh, for Florida, Florida Memorial. First Conference win since 2016. Can you just take it through the emotions you and, I mean, obviously the rest of the team, specifically some of the seniors, uh, felt after that uh, historic win? Um, it's definitely a feeling of excitement uh, for myself as well as, you know, the student athletes here at Florida Memorial. Um, it's a wonderful feeling for everyone that is involved with the program, the student athletes, athletic administration, the trainers, um, as well as the parents of our students. Um, 
this one was a stepping stone in the right direction for the program. Um, also a very historic moment. Um, first, first conference win since 2016, our first win uh, for women's soccer ever against Weber. Yeah. And um, it also shows that FMU women's soccer is heading in the right direction and a positive, positive direction. It absolutely is. And I've talked to uh, uh, three, th- three uh, individuals on three different teams in the conference and all three of them and, j- and just talking with them um, all fair, of, of, of course, but they all three said, and not, not even that I asked them, but all three of them, they brought up to the point like, Hey, Florida Memorial, this is not the same team. This is a completely different team. And it's fantastic. Uh, not only for Florida Memorial, but the entire Sun Conference. Uh, I, I got to ask, you know, what were some of the changes that you made to the program that's led to this success? I mean, one of the best starts in program history was kind of what really got us looking at, at first. Like, okay, uh, C- Coach Young's got got moving in the right direction. And obviously, the result against Weber. So, w- what what what's been kind of the secret sauce for you? I mean, honestly, just just started down to recruiting. You know, after the season that we had last year. Um, which was my, you know, first year with with the women's soccer program on an interim basis. I got hired seven days before preseason. So I came into a, a program that, you know, was rebuilding at the time. And um, the young ladies that were a part of the program, it was roughly, I would say, around 10 young ladies that were a part of the program at the time. And I had to go out and recruit. So once the season was over, um, end of October of last year, I... I started to go out every single week to different showcases, to different tournaments, started to reach out to whomever I can just to say, hey, I have the opportunity here at FMU. I'm looking for, you know, talented student athletes that want to come in and, and be a change um, to the program and help us to, to build a culture and a new identity for women's soccer at FMU. So I recruited 19 new student athletes to the program. I had six returning players. And the process just started with changing the mindset of, of not just being on a soccer team, but competing, you know, especially knowing that we're in the Sun Conference, which is one of the toughest conferences in the country. Um, I had to to bring in student athletes that had the experience of playing high level soccer, um, as well as those that that wanted to be a part of a change and and want want to win, you know. So mentality was big. Um, then you know, integrating the new players with the returning players and just just working hard in practice to 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 change the mindset of you know coming every day to practice to 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 not only compete but to win you know so with a fairly young team I roughly have around 10 to 11 freshmen uh, mixed with a few junior college transfers as well as the returning juniors that we have here Um, I couldn't be more excited about the direction that we're going and you know with the Sun Conference in in all programs and sports um, it's one of the toughest conferences in, in the nation. So whichever, you know, sport that you compete in, um, if it's if it's within the Sun Conference, you know you're going up against some of the best student athletes in America. Sounded like me me right now, getting up on that Sun Conference soapbox. Get, yes, get, sir. Uh, get talking with it. So, I mean, that leads me to my ne- next question really well. I mean, wh- what do you think it is about the Sun Conference that makes it so elite, and uh, specifically w- women's soccer, of course? Um, you know, Whichever sport, you know, um, you're a part of the Sun Conference, you know, you're you're competing at the highest level in the NAIA. Um, the talent that uh, Sun Conference coaches and are able to recruit is is unbelievable. Um, you know, you always hear about the NCAA and I know a lot of student athletes are stuck on the NCAA 
Um, but the NAI has a lot of, of top student athletes within all programs. Um, you know, a lot of these young ladies in the women's soccer, um, in the conference that, that compete in the, for women's soccer, um, these young ladies come across from high level academies in, in Europe, in Asia, wherever they're from, in the Caribbean. And some of them as well in the States, they, they play at a high level. Um, the other day I was just researching a few student athletes, you know, for example, from SCAD. And one of them won the ECNL national championship, which I'm a part of yeah. on, on the boys side, you know? So yeah, we, uh, I actually just finished up an interview with her like 30 minutes ago, Sydney. Yeah. We just, we just did a, a interview with her, uh, Abby Sadal and, uh, and S summer. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, they, uh, with Sydney, I mean, she compete, uh, she competed against and played with division one players. And not only did she have wins, she was part of the first team, all region, uh, on, on the Michigan Jaguars. Yes. So that's exactly who I'm speaking of and referring to, which is yeah. Sydney. I came across her page and, um, to see that she competed in the ECNL, um, and decided to, to attend SCAD and, and focus on her, um, academics and, and her major, you know, which fit with what she, she wanted to study. But, um, like I said, she's, she's an ECNL national champion competing in NAIA, you know? Um, so these are the type of opponents and, 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 and programs that we're up against, you know, and most of all, I would say the coaching staff at these programs are some of the most successful coaches in all of co um, college soccer, you know, whether it's NCAA or NAIA, I mean, coach Dunn, He's built his yeah. legacy at, at Kaiser. He was previously a player at, at Kaiser um, before it became Kaiser at Northwood. And his success as a nationally ranked coach, as well as a two-time NAIA national champion. Um, you have Coach Michelle at, at St. Thomas. She was once one of the highly decorated players at St. Thomas as well before becoming a coach. And um, I just believe Coach Roberts, as well as, as Coach Rebecca, they're building great programs as well. So it's just a tough league all around, and I hope to create my legacy here at FMU. Well, you're certainly off to a, a great start, and you've led other programs uh, to really good uh, performances as well. You look at your work at uh, Pembroke Pines uh, Charter High. You led them to their first state finals in program history. And yes. uh, on, the, on the club side uh, with the ECNL with Supreme FC, you led them to the national championships as well. Yes. Can you talk about those experiences and how that kind of prepared you for a collegiate soccer role? Um, well, with both Pine Charter and uh, Supreme FC, they're both competitive um, programs uh, at the high school. Uh, we're known as one of the, the best programs, soccer programs in Broward County here in South Florida um, with Supreme FC. Um, we as well, we are known as one of the elite um, youth clubs here uh, in, in, in the country and especially in South Florida as well. Uh, my past experiences have taught me um, that success doesn't happen overnight. You know, it takes time. Um, it takes togetherness, a lot of hard work, the determination, dedication and, and preparation, uh, mental preparation and mental toughness as well. So at Pine Charter, I experienced one of the worst heartbreaks, which was to lose the state finals, um, which was the first time um, the boys soccer program has ever made made it to the state finals um, as one of the decorated programs here. But um, of course, it was one of the worst feelings, but it also motivated me to, to keep trying and try again. Mm -hmm. You know, and this was the same with Supreme, where when I became the ECNL coach, um, we were losing at the time. We were at the bottom of the league. And once I became the ECNL coach, uh, we went undefeated for roughly around 12 games. We only lost one game uh, during that season, and we qualified for the ECNL uh, championships. Um, and then the following year, which was last year, we we literally um, 
almost went undefeated. We lost one game right before the season was over. So um, the turnaround, you know, with both programs um, has definitely motivated me more as a coach um, to know that it's a possibility to, 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 to get to the next level and get where you want to be. And like I said, it's just motivating me more to, to, to build a successful program here at Florida Memorial. Like, like we've said, I mean, I, I, it, it's you're one of those teams uh, might, might be a little late, late now after, after getting some wins, but man, if there were, was like a stock market of Sun Conference teams, <laughs> I had to, I had to put, put, put a, a little bit of coin on Florida Memorial, man, it, yeah. it's, it's looking good. The men's side is looking good too. They were receiving votes at uh at one point this year in our first year coach there. I mean, y'all's football uh, pro- program, program. Yeah. I mean, they, they are, that's a high score scoring offense. Uh, go, yes. Going to give us a headache or two, I'm sure here, here in a, a couple of weeks when we head down to Miami gardens, but coach look, looking a little bit more um, at, w- with your personal life, you know, uh, growing up, you moved to Miramar, Miramar uh, Florida from Jamaica when you were 12 years old, obviously any moving anything at that age is difficult, even if you're just moving to um, a different city or a different state, much less uh, a different uh, country. Can you talk about like what was uh, uh, kind of that, what, what like uh, that process was like and like how you, you adjusted? Like another another thing you can get get, get into as well, if, uh, if you don't mind. I, and I, I just talked about this with um, Ines Summer, one of the kind of like the side products of Suncast that like, I've had like the pleasure of being able to do is being able to talk to people that have lived or grew up in a di- different country. It's been one of my fa- my favorite uh, aspects of this, and I haven't had anybody on uh, from Jamaica. So you talk a little bit about okay. Jamaican culture as well. <laughs> yeah, so I grew up in Jamaica. Um, my whole family um, is from Jamaica. Yeah. Um, I moved here to the states when I was roughly. 11 and a half, 12 years old. And for me, my migrating to the States was, was more so easy due to me visiting my family um, that was here already. Um, okay. We visited the States numerous times before making the move. And um, due to having my cousins here, my younger cousins um, who were, you know, my, my uncle's uh, sons, um, he migrated earlier, um, I would say around two years ago before he told me and my mom and my uncle to, 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 to make the move, you know, for a better life and better living. Um, but what was difficult more so was the school system. Um, in Jamaica, the school system is very, very strict, you know, um, in regards to um, here, I believe it's you have a, a little bit more leeway. You know, you, you could not show up to school sometimes for a day or two and you not get in trouble for it. But in Jamaica, you would have to always be at school. Like it was, it was a mandatory thing unless you're really, really sick. And right. there are some times when I go to school sick, you know? Yeah. Um, but I would say that was, that was the hardest, you know, getting acclimated to the school system and learning a new culture and how, how they teach and, and how you speak to each other and things like that. Um, but my Jamaica is big on mannerism. So um, I was always respectable. And, you know, when I came here at sometimes I would, I would see that it was just slightly different when, you know, you're, you're meeting new people. Um, sometimes, you know, um, I remember when, you know, you tried to introduce yourself to someone and they, they, they didn't have the time of day for you or didn't want to get to know you, you know? Um, so those are some of the experiences, but I say for the most part, it's been easy um the academics was a little bit easier as well because in Jamaica like I said it's much more strict um so when I came over to the states I would have to 
do a few tests to see what what classes to put you in and you know where where you belong within your age group but for the most part um you know getting acclimated to the food was slightly different and just trying to make new friends who were like-minded as as myself and like soccer and like sports and like athletics so um it, it was it was somewhat smoother than than I would have expected well, that, that that's good that is that's good it's at, at, uh, w- was a uh, a smooth process i do wish that um, you know, especially in, in the U.S. and some uh, that, that you're not the f- first person from outside the U.S. that have said, kind of said that I, it's kind of like, you know, talk to people, you know, you know, go go talk to new people, learn learn something about them, especially of di- different cultures. I mean, there's so much to learn, learn about people a- across the world and we can be we can be a little bit self-centered sometimes. And like, yeah. you know, you know, have the conversation like we are now. It's like I, I say. I don't really look at it. it's an interview. It's a conversation. I get to know you. You get to know me. Everybody listening uh, get gets to know you a little, little bit better. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, Coach. Um, you. I'm sure you you had some goals and you you started to hit on them. Obviously, winning the first Sun Conference game. I'm sure that that was a goal. But when you look look at the success for this program, how are you kind of measuring that as far as like a short term term goal for like the season, and then also kind of like building a culture there around Florida Memorial? So it's funny when I officially became the head coach of FMU. Um, I actually did a history check on the program starting from roughly 2008, 2009, when the women's soccer and men's soccer program began. Um, as, as, as a program, you know, it's, it's, it's been tough. Um, we, we have been, I would say, probably one of the worst programs within women's soccer. Um, when, when Sun Conference opponents show up, they, they know what to expect. You know, they were, they were expecting, you know, 9-0, 10-0 games. And, and when I came into the program and my experiences last year, I said to myself that, you know, um, standing here for 10, 11 goals and not being able to score was was not what what I had hoped, you know. So that's why I went out and I just recruited, recruited, recruited. Um, my goals for this year was definitely definitely to win a few games, um, non-conference as well as um, within the conference. Um, I did not just want to compete. I wanted to win. And I know that with the talent level of the Sun Conference, I knew it would be difficult. But as long as um, the young ladies had had that mental toughness, which which I tried to 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 bring in from the preseason, you know, um, to show them that, hey, it's it's 95 degree weather. It's going to be tough. You're going to play some of the best student athletes you'll ever faced in your life. Um, you know, I, I think that we've done a good job with with where we're at right now, but we have so much room for improvements um, you know, we lost a game to Ave 1-0, and I felt that we, we gave away that game. Um, we had a game right after against Warner, and I feel that we just – our mistakes led to, to their, their results, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I told him, I said, you know, for, for, for Weber, if we could limit our mistakes and we could get behind the ball and be compact, then we will give ourselves a chance to get a result. And, you know, we, we, we got that result. So, I mean, it was just – you know, my goals, short-term goals were, were not to just compete, but to win some games, um, change the face and identity of the program. Um, this season, you know, we're halfway through the season. We still have an opportunity to qualify for the playoffs if we could get a few more positive results. Yeah. And, you know, with a couple conference wins, there there is a possibility we could achieve that goal. 
make that long trip up to South Carolina for the uh, oh, for yes. conference <laughs> tournament. But uh, uh, no, no, I, I think it's great that, that y'all are, are competing. You've mentioned a couple of times the recruiting's been uh, obviously a big help. That's uh, of course for any program. Who were some of the the recruits that uh, when they said, "Hey, I want I want to be a line," you you were jumping through the roof. Well, um, I would say uh, my freshman striker, um, Sierra Bartley. She's from Canada. Um, she's a young lady that scored against Weber. Yeah. Um, she's very strong. She's physical. She has great hold-up play. Um, she could shoot with both feet. She's very creative in 1v1 situations. Um, and Sierra had two opportunities uh, in upstate New York, 1D2, 1D3. And um, her and her dad flew down uh, in the summer. They came to meet me and they, 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 they liked what they saw and, 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 and what I was offering them, you know, the opportunity to come here to South Florida. So she's one that I was very excited about. And then as well, um, my freshman midfielder, Brianna Campos, um, she's from Jacksonville. She had the opportunity to attend a D1 university, but instead of being the 35th or the 40th player on the roster, she came in to be, you know, top, top two, top three, you know, and, and get playing time right away as a freshman. So um, I remember the day she called me, she said, coach, you know, I'm committing and um, I'm going to help you rebuild the program. And her family has been um, supportive of her and supportive of, supportive of me. Um, so yeah, it was very exciting. Um, as well as my center back, Daniela, she's, she's 5'10". She's from Harmony High School, close to the Orlando area. Um, these three freshmen have, have made a significant impact as well as my junior college transfers. Sure, it's pretty easy to get Sierra to come down like, hey, instead of having yes. to do with five feet of snow, you're going, to, <laughs> you're going to be 75 low all year. Yes, that's exactly why she came. She said, you know, she just wanted the HBCU experience, but as well to get away from the snow, you know. So, yeah, that definitely helped, <laughs> especially about, going to the beach. <laughs> you talked about the, the HBCU experience. Uh, before Weber, I went to Lincoln University, HBCU uh, up in Missouri. I, I had an, an amazing uh, time, time up there, but you know, I, awesome. I, I couldn't do the cold, cold too, uh, too much longer uh either i mean uh what what is that that hbcu uh life like what does that mean to you um it means everything man um it's family togetherness um yeah. it's exciting you know um almost every month we have off on campus um events you know we'll have the food trucks out here um we have um you know the football games it's just a different atmosphere it's a different energy I mean, if you go into the cafeteria now, you'd have sometimes you have the DJs playing music, you know, so it's, it's just a party, but it's still um, one where everyone is focusing on their academics, but it helps to, to to loosen them up a little bit, you know, as students and the everyday life of being on campus and going to school and being an athlete, you know, so yeah. um, as much as as everyone is focused, you know, on graduating um, it's still fun and the events that we have here on campus on a daily basis or a weekly basis um, definitely is is a different experience. Um, you know, going to a school with with 1400 students versus a school with 20,000 students, you get what I'm saying? It's yeah. it's a totally different atmosphere and it's more of a family experience. You see everyone every day, you get to know it get to know your classmates you get to know employees you get to know staff the coaches so mm -hmm. it's just it's just more family oriented I would say you know yeah absolutely exactly how I, I would describe my time at, at Lincoln as well coach uh this has been great really appreciate you uh taking some time out of your really busy day to uh come on if you have anything else uh, you want to talk, talk about mention Mike's all yours if not I'm all good brother 
Um, I just thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing um, for the conference. Um, I think, I think, like I said, and I know um, the Sun Conference is definitely one of the best conferences um, in all of America, um, in all, all NAIA. And I think you're showcasing us as coaches as well as the student athletes. So I love your platform. I love what you're doing um, as well, you know, and, you know, just so everyone knows, you know, Florida Memorial, we're, we're, we're definitely here. Um, you know, we look forward to the future, uh, the near future and, and, and next year and the years to come for women's soccer. And, and we're not just going to, 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 to take those nine zero and 10 zero losses that we're accustomed to, you know, it's, it's, it's totally di different here, the mentality, um, and, and the change is here, you know, and it starts, it starts the season. Awesome coach. It certainly is. And again, thank you uh, for the kind words, everybody listening. I appreciate, appreciate all you as always. Uh, let's have a great weekend of Sun Conference Athletics. Uh, again, I know we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we have a bonus episode on Sunday, not a recap of the weekend. The recap will still be uh, early next week, but the bonus episode, 100th episode of SunCast with Anessa Summer, Sydney Chura, and Abigail Sadal from SCAD. Uh, great, great interview, uh, about an hour-long episode. Y'all check that out. Coach, really appreciate, appreciate you. Uh, good luck this weekend. Thank you. You have a good one, and good luck to you. Thank you.